0: The Bulldog Interviews on BullyNet with your host, Dave Kaufman. He's a nice guy, but only gives belly rubs to dogs. And here for the first ever Bulldog Interview, uh, we have Nancy Schultz. Uh, Nancy has been around Bulldogs for quite a while, and she'll get into that in more detail. She is known as uh, the groomer that likes to show and train other people and how to groom their dogs properly. Uh, I can know Nancy, gosh, for over 10 years. uh, She started showing my first show bitch for me, uh, got her champion, and then she uh, showed a son of hers for me and took uh, him to grand champion. And so Nancy and I go back um, quite a way. Nancy is out of uh, Maryland. And, Nancy, thank you. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, you're quite welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Uh, how about you introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Well, my name is Nancy Schultz. I've been a professional handler for many, many years. Uh, I, I I have taught all-breed handling and obedience training. Uh, I just love canines, especially the bulldogs. I got my first bulldog in 1980.
0: Great. Great. That's a little while there. I was not even in high school yet in 1980. But, right. Uh, <laughs> we won't go there. Um, okay. Um, what is it about Bulldogs that gets you that that they're your, your favorite?
1: Well, I still own another breed. I have Belgian Malinois. I needed a breed that was like me, hyper, to keep up with me. Because Bulldogs aren't worked as long as the working breeds are. Working breeds was my main breeds years ago. Um, I went to a show. I was showing boxers. And I saw a gentleman in the group ring with this little red Bulldog. And um, I also showed a couple hounds that day. And as I walked by the group ring... I said to my friend that was with me, I said, Oh my God, look at that bulldog playing. If I could have one that would do all that, I'd have one of those dogs. And she said, Oh my God, you're nuts. <laughs> well, that started. That started me on the road to owning bulldogs.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Um, so you said you got your first bulldog in 1980?
1: Yes, it was a pet I rescued.
0: Okay, great. Uh, are you a member of any Bulldog Clubs?
1: Yes, the Bulldog Club of America, uh, the Capital Bulldog Club. I'm past member of a lot of other clubs, including the Lhasa Asa Club, uh, the Catonsville Kennel Club, a re-founding member of the Northeast Maryland Kennel Club. Uh, just a lot, too many to mention.
0: <laughs> Did you have any mentors in the Bulldogs?
1: Yes, and other breeds. Um, my first mentor was a professional handler named Jean Friday, and that's really was when I started showing professionally. Uh, she made a statement to me. I used to save up things to, you know, like bottles and cans and stuff, because it was such a long time ago. Mm-hmm. When I started, entries in dog shows were $6. dollars mm mm-hmm. You know, I don't think anybody around now remembers those days except us old-timers,
0: <laughs>
1: especially at $30 and and up at a show now. Yep. But I went to her handling class because I just figured I, I wanted to know more. And in this class, she made a statement to the group. She said, I will teach you all I know, and you'll still never be as good as I am. And I guess that's where my German heritage comes out because I thought, oh, you can't say that about me. I'll show you. (laughs) So I took what she did, what she taught me, and ran with it. And she made a statement and gave me a recommendation when I started teaching for all these, these kennel clubs that I was the only student she ever had that took the skills I gave her and moved on And did more than she thought I could accomplish. That made me feel really great. Her mother taught me about boxers. So I apprenticed under Gene Friday for quite a while. And in those days, you had to be licensed by the AKC to become a handler. Which meant you had to serve an apprenticeship. Well, I served my apprenticeship... My first um trip to the garden, not as a handler but as an assistant, was in fifty five or fifty six so from then on, I went on this learning binge to learn all I could about all breeds. Um, I can't remember the year, but i I know that um the bulldog won best in breed there, but I best in show rather, but I was not even interested in the breed then you know, because I was showing working dogs. Uh-huh. So I just made a real conscious effort to become really good at what I did.
0: Great. So I assume you'll have some people that you mentor. Um, I think I'm one of your... Uh, I think you meant for me, but uh, I haven't shown at all. I just... uh uh, so I'm not a mentor or a mentee of yours like that. but
1: Sure, you have... because I, I raised heck with you in the ring. This is how you do it. Fix this, fix that. <laughs> there
0: are there are pictures of both of us in the ring at the same time. I do know that. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so do you have any other people that you've mentored?
1: Well, or... I had the pleasure of being mentored by a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, even of different breeds. Mm -hmm. The most influential person for me with Bulldogs was uh, Bowag Kennels, Beverly and O'Neill Wagner. Uh, They taught me so much about this breed. Of course, I knew grooming from boxers, showing boxers, but the fine points O'Neill Wagner taught me. Okay. Of course, I did more than he ever did in grooming, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. I would always take things one step further. Mm -hmm. But he taught me so much about the breed.
0: Right. Right.
1: I visited many breeders while traveling with them. Uh, Burl Gold, Petey Gold, uh, Charlie Bain, Darlene Studerman. And I learned a lot from talking to all these people. I think that's what the breed's missing now. Uh, The new people that come in don't try to get their points across or ask enough questions to these people. Mm-hmm. Plus the breeders need to be patient and really look at what the people are trying to do. If they're serious then by God help them.
0: I agree with that. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, do you have a veterinarian that you can recommend? I know the answer to this one but I'll let you answer it yourself. <laughs> Might be more than one, I think.
1: Yes, Doctor Ed Molesworth in Ricestown, Maryland, at Main Street Veterinarian Hospital. And Doctor Alan Frank at Hunt Valley. Okay. Great. And in New Jersey, the mm-hmm. Huntington Hills Animal Hospital, uh, which is owned and operated by uh uh Charlie Westfield the son of Charles Westfield.
0: Okay. And who was Charles? Pardon? And who was his dad?
1: Charlie Westfield was a very well-known breeder. Um, He had many, many top dogs, many of which are still being talked about today. And in comparing the standard, his dogs are talked about. Uh... Westfield Flying Colors is one of them.
0: Uh do you have a favorite bulldog of all time? Like one that was your favorite or one that you thought was like the best example of a bulldog that you uh that you ever knew?
1: Well, yes. I seem to have this ability to to pick out these young dogs and it's usually the ones that other people think will never amount to anything. And that's how I felt about uh, champion Bowag's Uh The first bitch in the history of the breed to ever win a national show. And that was in 1986. Okay. At the time, Pilar was nursing a five-week-old puppy. Oh, wow. Yes. Nice. So she competed against some of the top males in the country.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, what was her name again?
1: Champion Bowag's Polar. Okay. Every puppy Polar produced became a champion, even though she was not bred extensively. Mm-hmm. The second dog would have to—it's from the same kennel line, which would be Brumars Call Me Higgins. That was my second national winner in 1990. Okay. And again, when I first saw Pilar, I think she was like seven weeks old. Mm-hmm. And it was a litter of five. And all five of them finished, but there was just something about this little white girl that just, just made her stand out. I, don't, I think she was arrogant. You know, she just had a, a way about her. Mm-hmm. So I was right. And she was entered at that national show because the one O'Neill Wagner wanted to take, he thought at the last minute she might have too much leg under her for the judge. So here they come with Pilar, who was nursing a puppy. Mm -hmm. Her boobs were hanging down to the floor. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, my God, Uh, that's the one I wanted to show. And I did.
0: Yeah.
1: It's something I see in the dogs that it's really hard for me to explain the second dog, the second national winner was Higgins uh, I took a client took me to evaluate a litter of poppies he wanted to buy a male puppy and he said to me when I saw the poppies uh, I want a dog with a big jaw big bone, a big head and which one is that? I said well if I was going to buy a dog I'd buy that little red and white male over there so my client asked me is he going to have all the things I want I said no but he's going to be a heck of a dog. So he said, which one is? And I pointed to a brindle, so he bought the brindle. Mm-hmm. Now, that dog finished. I took him out the first time and put a major on him in his specialty. Unfortunately, after I finished the dog, he died two weeks later chasing a lawnmower a neighbor had. Yeah. Uh, but this lady contacted me. She had bought this little red and white male puppy. Uh-huh. I tried to convince O'Neill Wagner to tell the breeder not to sell that puppy as a pet. Uh-huh. Well, I understand he looked at the puppy and said, he's a nice little dog. You know, he'll finish, but that's it. Well, I'm very adamant on what I see in the dog. Uh-huh. And when this lady came and brought the dog up, another handler recommended her to come to me. And that was Norman Randall. He was a Boston Terrier handler and breeder. And he said he didn't know much about bulldogs, but it looked like a nice one to him. Well, she purchased that dog for $1,100 as a pet. Mm -hmm. She took him out after taking some handling classes down on the eastern shore and put his first point on him. I took the dog to the nationals and won a national show. Mm -hmm. Very nice. So he turned out exactly like I said... I think I finished the dog number four in the country then.
0: Wow. Great. Um, so one of my next questions is, what's your proudest moment, uh, bullet moment in detail? And that sort of sounds like that might have been it right there, huh? Or one my of them. My
1: first and second national win, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people can say that, so that's awesome. Um, any advice for uh, pet owners? Uh, is there something, uh, that you constantly see lacking or missing in the way that they're being cared for? Um, or just what to, you know, I I know you gave me a lot of advice and you still are giving me advice today. Um, but is there anything that you, uh, for all the bulldog pet owners out there, not show, but, uh, uh, just some advice on, uh, I don't know, pretty much anything. I know, uh, I know you have a special way with uh, with all dogs. I think, and uh, when I've been at shows or even at your place, or you've been here at my place, and, uh, and we'll have a dog, and I'll say he's doing this, and you'll say no, it's not, and you go and just and it does exactly what you want it to do, and it's uh, quite a knack that you have there. And, uh, but uh, is there any any advice you give we want to give to uh, pet owners?
1: Well, I think with the pet owner, it's not that they can't train their dogs. They don't understand them. They treat them like they're children, and they're not children. They're canines. Now, listen, I I still call all my dogs my kids. Mm -hmm. And when I come home, I'll say, hey, Mom's home. So I'm just as silly as the next person in this stuff. However, I clearly set down the rules for the dogs. Mm -hmm. When Higgins would be brought to my house for a group of shows, he was not allowed to urinate on my picnic table the wheels of my van or my steps as soon as that dog's feet hit the ground he would take off running and go over to the fence and urinate yeah you know people just they think they're cute and they are they're awfully cute dogs I mean god it's like love at first sight when you see these dogs but just like your children you don't let them get away with murder you clearly set down the rules on what they can and can't do And we know people love their kids, but yet they feel like they're these dogs that they have to protect. No, they're causing a lot of the problems they're having with attitudes in dogs, aggression in dogs, uh, fear in dogs, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. You know, I never use any food when I train a dog. And I see people do this all the time. And the dog is acting like a real idiot. Jumping around, and they're saying "good boy" to calm the dog down, and they'll give it a, a treat. Well, they're rewarding that negative behavior. I train mostly common sense. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I can vouch that um, that the dogs do love you, though, like they're like you're a better owner to them than I am. Because I remember on a number of occasions when I would uh, meet you to uh, retrieve. Um, R. Bentley uh he would refuse to come out of your van uh he would growl at me when I'd go in there to get him out of the van because he was too happy to he didn't want to leave your you know your uh your care and uh and he never did that at any other time except for when we would try to you know when we were picking him up from his shows or whatever and uh he didn't want to leave you and so I know that he uh, adored you and still does. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, he th- – they thrive on that structure. And, yeah. And, you know, the discipline, they want to, you know, they, they want you to be the top dog. And if you're not going to be that, they're going to do it, and then it's not going to be good.
1: And they and, make the wrong choices.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. We so have I a young... had another
1: client that uh, just recently, uh, mm-hmm. I, he brought his bitch up. I would say I finished her just before Christmas, this past Christmas, and um, when he would get up to my house, the girl would start crying in the crate in his car, Mm -hmm. and she'd be all anxious to see me, and then when he'd come and pick her up after the show, she'd stand on my porch and he'd call her, I'd have to put a lead on her, or take her down the steps, let her follow me, to go Mm -hmm. with me, and then she'd try to run back to my house. Now, everybody says I'm a very tough teacher. I am with people. Uh-huh. If you make it clear what you want the dog to do, there's not a problem. Mm-hmm. If you become wishy-washy and you cue them the wrong way one day and the right way the next day, the dog doesn't know what to do, they're confused. Yeah. So I believe in setting down clear rules. But mm-hmm. this client said to me, I don't get that reaction out of her. Why don't and I Said, well, you should be happy that your dog loves being with me. Yep. Because as a handler, I've heard horror stories. matter of fact, a lady just called me a week or so ago, and when she got her dog back from the handler, the dog was cowering. Um, It looked sad. Mm -hmm. People shouldn't take on any more dogs than they can handle comfortably at a show. Yep. I picked a lot of these dogs up at ringside. Dogs with oh. problems. That's my specialty. I work with dogs with problems. I've shown many a dog that other people can't or won't show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, that's an actress uh, that you definitely have. I've seen that before where a dog wouldn't stack right or wouldn't, wouldn't gate well, and as though they were scared or nervous. And you, with you just on the end of that lead, that dog knows time to do what it has to do, and it just does it. it It's quite amazing what what that confidence that you instill in them animals can do
1: for them. I think that's the secret into being a handler. You have to have confidence when you go in the ring. Mm -hmm. Some people call it arrogance. It doesn't really matter to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the dog will listen to me. I don't have to jerk the dog around 50 ways a Sunday. I've never beat on a dog. You can't win a dog's affection with brute force. It won't happen. But yet, you have to make it clear to the dog what you want, and a calm, steady hand works best.
0: Yep, definitely. Do you have any um, daily bulldog maintenance tips, like uh, a secret on how you do? I don't know. I'm I'm struggling with Lambo's nose rope right now. Like underneath, underneath his, or on top of his nose, underneath that rope, it gets tar black and, like, crusty in 24 hours. And um, it's pretty much all I can do to, uh, you know, I mean, I can scrape it out there, and it's not it's not raw, but it just gets, it's like black tar. I don't know what he puts in there that gets so black like that. Uh, he's, got, It's a pretty tight but and deep, but it's just, I don't know what to do with that one. So I needed to ask you that one. But do you have any tips <laughs> for, like, a general uh, daily maintenance tip to help, uh, pull out yeah. owners?
1: Yeah, and that would be the use of aquaclore. You can get it in the drugstore, and it's a gel, and if you put that on the dog's nose a couple times a week, it breaks up that crust. Okay. Okay. Get it in any drugstore. Okay. It's a great product. Very inexpensive.
0: hmm Good. Wow, we're going to have to break this interview into two parts. This interview is only about halfway through with Nancy, and uh, we figure we'll add a second part to this so people can uh, digest this in bite-sized chunks a bit for us. So be sure to check out our show notes on bullynet.com, and we'll have all the details there, and look for the second episode of this to come out right uh, in the next day or two. So thank you for listening. Be sure to go to our uh, show notes. And uh, get the latest information there, links to our uh, podcast. And also, please sign up uh, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And we'd love if you'd give us a five-star review and your honest feedback. Let us know what else you want to hear. And uh, we're going to continue to bring you this awesome content. Thank you very much. Have an awesome day. Thank you for
1: listening to the Bulldog
0: Interviews on BullyNet with your host, Dave Kaufman.